Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Boat Push, an American view of F1, starting now. One stop. This is what you get with this f- Honestly. I've gussed it. I've absolutely gussed it. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. It is another edition of Mode Push, an American view of F1, our podcast brought to you by KSL Sports and KSL Podcasts. Alex Curie, Dan Jimenez in the shop here. And guess what? We're actually in each other's neck of the woods today, and so Dan is in studio. What's up, Dan? Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Thanks for having me. Uh, man, I don't know what to think. So is it official? Red Bull are officially the Constructors' Champions. Constructors' Champions 2023 Red Bull Racing. I yep, it's official. I didn't. I mean, because Christian Horner doesn't like to mention that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, that's just a Wikipedia thing. That nobody... <laughs> he, he doesn't like to point it out. All right. So, yeah, they end up winning the constructor side. I don't know, like, how's, how fast is the fastest? It has to be one of the closer versions of winning the constructor's title the quickest or with how many left, however many races left. Or yeah. Things are different with points, I know. And, um, you know, even even though they won uh, 10 races in a row and 12 out of 12 at the beginning, I don't know. It has to be one of the faster ways to get into that championship, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Last year in Japan is when they sealed up, I think, the driver and the constructors. But it feels like it should have been sealed up earlier this year. But Sergio just hasn't really been uh, on it, right? Like Sergio himself is getting challenged for second in the driver's standings by Lewis. Uh, And so you'd think that they would have had this sealed out at the like halfway point. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely up there, but I don't think it's a record. I haven't seen a stat come across that says this is the earliest anyone's ever won the constructors. I'm sure Helmut Marco loves that. We could have had the championship many more weeks if you would have done your job. Uh, I am, I'm looking at this thing, too, and I go, Checo, I mean, he had an awful weekend. Oh, <laughs> he man. had a bad oh, weekend geez. in Japan. When you talk about your teammate comes back out and, like, with all the other – so, McLaren, this is as good as their car has been all year. They're on fire. It yeah. was the best they could have done – and they were still 20 seconds off of a guy who was basically like, I don't know, I assume listening to the music that Stig listens to when he's going around <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the track on uh, <laughs> on Top Gear. Like, just chilling out and going around. He's barely talking to any of his engineers. He's just like, feels good, you know, moves on. But, I mean, Checo, in comparison, is just, I mean, he looked so bad. He got, you know, sort of concertinaed at the beginning and ends up just kind of trying to yeah. overdo it, he's, overdrive. He's like a pinball out there, man. He's just bouncing off stuff. Yeah, overdriving is the, the way that I would describe it for sure. And yeah, he DNF'd. Well, he DNF'd twice, which How's is that something work? that we've actually, like, I don't think, <laughs> ever seen. Uh, yeah, he DNF'd. They pulled him into the garage, but he had a five second penalty for hitting, uh, uh, who was it, Magnuson? Right. So they had to un so, DNF him. So there's a loophole, right? <laughs> the loophole was. You know, if he had stayed in the garage, he was going to have to serve that five-second penalty next race. And they don't want to do that, right? right? And so they're like, well, put the car back together and send him back out and uh, serve the five-second penalty then bring him back in. It won't change anything there. So the the stewards let him do it because it, it technically in the it's rules, in the rules it's allowed, but they said that they're going to close that loophole now. It's wow. like if, 
So th- they just need to address, I think, the penalty in a different way. But uh, yeah, man, he is all over the place. And I mean, in qualifying, he wasn't. He was eight tenths off of Max, Jeez. right? Which is, I mean. Uh, I think second place was half a second, but still, like, you're in the same car. You can't be eight-tenths off of Max at a place like uh, Suzuka. So, Japan gets done. The result wasn't a surprise who the winner was. Are we surprised that McLaren goes 2-3 and that Oscar Piastri just is still – he even said he didn't have a great Sunday. Like, there was some stuff he could work on. His qualifying was out of the freaking world, and he just has been – man, they found a driver lineup right there. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty critical on himself, like that he could have done better. I mean, he had his first podium, amazing. Uh, Lando had better pace than him throughout the race for sure. So I think that's what he was looking at is like he just didn't have the pace. He finished uh, 17 seconds off of Lando. So I think that's what he's looking at when he says he could have done better. But I think he has that mentality of like, yeah, I know I'm a rookie and I should be super stoked about this, but I could do better. So yeah, they have a, an incredible driver pairing right now and they seem to be on the up and up. If it wasn't for Max Verstappen, uh, and his killer mentality, like they would be challenging for wins for sure. Well, what has to be fun too is that you look at it and you go, "Hey, uh, if you're a McLaren fan, you're going to be competing next year because uh, everybody's development in the factory right now. Nothing, there's not a team developing anything for this year, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. I think we've seen our last updates come to the track, so everyone's starting to focus on next year. So next year has been what they've been working on. I mean, uh, in some of these fa- in a lot of these factories already for a long time. McLaren, you would think would be aggressive next year mercedes obviously is going to make some i mean we would assume also that they would just Mm -hmm. there's there's just no version of them being bad for you know i mean and and this isn't bad i guess but they've certainly been behind the behind the eight ball all season long um ferrari is starting to figure some stuff out or at least we kind of felt like it at least yeah i i don't know like who is who is the second best team in f1 right now like i know the constructors titles say one thing but who really is the second fastest team right now on the grid? It's, it changes week to week for me. You know, it was last last week. It felt like it was Ferrari or maybe Mercedes. And this week uh, or two weeks ago in Singapore, it was okay. It's Ferrari clearly, and now it's oh, it's McLaren clearly. So it's kind of it's track dependent, which is makes for amazing parity and competition, except for the fact that Max Verstappen's not human. <laughs> right. So without him, it's uh, incredibly competitive. So going into next year, it's I mean, it's kind of feels like a toss up right now with McLaren having uh, I think a lot of momentum on high uh, high to medium downforce tracks, um, and uh, you know they're fifth in the standings, only fifty points behind Aston Martin, who is sucking. Yeah, right, right now. now they're not doing well. And uh, I think McLaren is looking at they can catch Aston Martin for sure. Uh, Mercedes and Ferrari are a bit more of a stretch. They're 100 points beyond. But you you keep stacking up twos and threes, uh, second and third place finishes, and you could eat that eat into that gap pretty quickly. Um, so I think the what's interesting right now to watch now that we know the constructors championship is is wrapped up and the driver championship is pretty much all wrapped up. It's the fight for second place in the constructors between Ferrari and Mercedes is what I think is interesting. And how much can McLaren catch up? And then on the driver's side, it's uh, can Lewis catch Sergio? I mean, if Lewis finishes second, and if he beats Sergio out in the driver's championship with the car that Sergio has, that's the, almost the story of the year for Interesting. me. Interesting. And I think not no as enough as— about, yeah. No one thinks about like the driver's standings and goes, yeah, but who was number two? Right. It's like, no, th- th- <laughs> this, in more than any other sport, like, we will forget about you. No one cares who was second in the constructors. No one no. cares who was second. No one remember. But in this case, there will be a massive storyline uh, for the wrong reason for Checo, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And and I guess it speaks to the consistency of, because we all wrote off 
I, I think we wrote off Mercedes at some point in early in the season. At the very yeah. early of the season. And we did the same with McLaren. Mercedes had a quick quicker bounce back, obviously, but McLaren has figured it out in the last uh you know little while. And so but Aston Martin, those guys, they had such a quick start. Did they have seven podiums in a row at the beginning and then they just haven't been Yeah. Or maybe they went six and then had a couple of races and then uh, got a podium, but yeah, at the beginning, it's nowhere to be found. Yeah, like six months ago, rewind. We're like, is Aston Martin going to challenge for the championship, and is McLaren going to go out of business? Like they ran like I think nineteenth and twentieth in the first race. Yeah, it's uh, the turnaround, good and bad, between these teams has been pretty wild. Uh, so yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen going into next year, other than Max is still probably going to dominate. <laughs> but beyond that, uh, it's it's we've had such, super competitive. We've had such wild, like I mean, since the new regulations in what twenty one was when the first uh, the first year twenty two or twenty two was first yeah. year of regulations. So we've only had a year. This is the second year of it, and we saw such a big gap. Red Bull had just put themselves so far ahead. Is there a chance that, like, you just see another team just absolutely even leapfrog Red Bull? Or, like, why is it that it takes so long to develop, uh, you know, for time to actually be put on the timing sheet to make up for, you know, maybe some lack of, of engineering? So yeah, so. yeah. The, the There's, like, a cycle to it, right? So new regulations come out, and then it kind of everything gets thrown up into the air, and it's who can put together the pieces the fastest on, like, the design philosophy for the car red bull put it together the fastest and everyone's gravitating towards that so i do think that going into next year i think the longer you keep the regulations the same the more competitive it is and we saw that in 2021 we had the had had the same regulations for a really long time and max and lewis went down to the very last lap like Mm -hmm. we had parity we had competition and then we changed the regulations uh, for the sake of competition and made it worse. So I think as time goes along, 2024, 2025, it'll get more competitive. And then in 2026, we have new engine regulations and uh, rumors of making the cars more narrow and shorter and lighter, which is what all the drivers and teams are asking for, for to making the, the racing uh, more fun. Uh, so we'll see what happens that year. Can somebody jump the gun quicker? But I, I'm looking forward to more competitive seasons in the next two years. So we get a week off, then they head to Qatar, aka Qatar, however you want to say it. <laughs> okay, they go to the uh, to the Los Inter- uh, International Circuit. They've never raced there, right? Is this the first race they've done there? I think we had one race like in 2019. Uh, nineteen was it the COVID year? Maybe I think when COVID hit is when they canceled it, and like okay. we didn't have it for three years when we should have. So I think we've only raced there once, and I think Lewis won the race. Oh, that's a shock! Back in twenty nineteen, I know, right? Yeah. Right? Well, so so you go we 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 uh, the whole grid goes to Qatar, then you have the USGP two weeks after that, Mexico the week after that, uh, Sao Paulo the week after that, another week break, and then it comes to Vegas. Have you figured out if you're going to go or no? Uh, As it I have, gets closer, you're kind of like, I I yeah. As it gets closer, I'm like, I feel circus, like we really should circus be there. Is gonna yeah, forty eight dollars. Yeah, I've know. got a I've got a, a set of friends, um, some high roller friends, and they're probably listening huh. to the podcast. But they they seem to they're, they're putting the pressure on me to want to go, and they've got a place. I just got to fork out the ticket. Oh, they have a place. They have a place to stay. They have another place for another. Uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So we just gotta find some tickets that aren't uh, ridiculous, uh, ridiculously expensive. I'm. I'm willing to. They're going to be ridiculous. So stop. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have to. <laughs> we're going to have to figure it out. I'm absolutely. I'm all for it. So if we want to look, 
here's what we'll do. We'll save money by you driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we could do the we'll, thing too. We'll, Look, we can play. We can stay at my place in St. George. Yeah, we'll take my highly fuel efficient Toyota Tacoma. They get 16 <laughs> miles of the gallon and save some money. See, that's when that's when you and I have to get in the Volkswagen Golf. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's better. <laughs> we, we hit the road for 50 miles a gallon, no problem. Uh, so so I'm, what I'm saying is, we still have two U.S. Grand Prix. Yeah. Out of the next one, two, three, four, five, six races, two of them are going to be in the U.S. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. And we've already had one in the U.S. this yeah. year. Yeah, I I think the Austin race is underrated. I it, it had a lot of passes last year. Um, I think it, you know it doesn't gather the attention that Miami and Las Vegas does because it's just not in a metro area. It's out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. But I think as a track experience, uh, I think that that is next on my list of wanting to go see because I think you can see a lot uh, of action. Um, in a weekend. So if I, I'm going to be out of town that weekend already, if I wasn't going to be, I'd almost be more uh, wanting to go out to Austin and see There's that race versus Vegas. There's a lot of tech Vegas. people in Austin. You need to kind of feel the area out. That's right. Yeah, I got to go network yes. and then uh, <laughs> network my way into the paddock. Absolutely. Uh, this is some – so uh, let's throw the racing aside for just a moment because you found something um, – that I think is really fascinating, and that is, it, first of all, when you get into following F1, like I, when I got into it early, I was like, these cars are expensive. But it, all you hear about is, oh, no, it's it's crazy expensive. This is uh, space-age stuff. Like, th- mm-hmm. they're using these things to basically, uh, it's all one-off parts. It's all crazy machined. It's very, you know, spec insane stuff that you don't use. It's one-off, one-purpose things. Mm-hmm. So that in itself it creates its own... It's going to be expensive. Number two, the materials that are used is the highest, highest, highest quality that they can mm-hmm. use, and the most expensive they can use because they're also trying to save, uh, save uh, uh, for uh, weight, mm-hmm. and also have just like an insane uh, amount of reliability, which we've seen pay off. I mean, I think we can all kind of look around and go, "I've never seen an F1 car this reliable." Mm-hmm. I don't know if that maybe, maybe those V10s were. I have no clue. I don't, I don't, I don't recall following it. But, but I mean, like, is there an era where the car was more? Uh, reliable doesn't, than it is now. Doesn't seem like it. It's, I mean, I can't, Max hasn't had a single issue this year, right? Uh, a reliability issue. I, and I think Sergio's have all been self-inflicted. And I think you look across the grid and I think the the uh, top three or four teams have had really good reliability and there's been some really bad ones. Like, I mean, two races in a row, Yuki didn't even like start the race. For sure. Uh, so there are issues still out there, but yeah, it is a pretty reliable platform right now. So all that comes with a price. Everything costs mm-hmm. a lot of money. Whenever you see cars crash, I think we take for granted the fact that, like, there's a guy on the team who will probably really start crying. Not just because they made the part maybe with their own hands, but, like, when they talk about the guys back at the factory, that poor guy who put that nose together mm-hmm. and the amount of work. I mean, if we got inside the nose, the electronics and all the things that go, because it looks like just a click, mm-hmm. click, you know, <laughs> like you're yeah. putting on a, a sock or something when they just tra- change that nose out, but you know that there's intense stuff in there. Yep. A chassis on an F1 car costs about $700,000 to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. The gearbox is about $380,000 on an F1 car. Just the gearbox. The front wing and the rear wings combine for about a quarter million dollars total. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, and that looks like just a bunch of carbon fiber mm-hmm. shaped into like a little wing, maybe with some, uh, you know, some stuff on there, but a quarter million dollars there. The engine is about ten and a half million dollars on each one of these cars. It's crazy. So the cars themselves are about 
about twenty million dollars a piece. Yeah. After everything is is uh, is told, that's not even the amount of man hours that go into pro- to right. producing. Yeah, it. those are the hard costs. Those are just the hard costs of how much that part costs. Okay. So this guy on Reddit on the F one uh, subreddit did a perfect thing that you pointed out, and that is a breakdown of the deconstructors. Drivers Championship. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a good list to be at the top of, right? No, you don't want to win this. How does this work? So, uh, oh, so he he actually put some of the parts on there as well. How much these things probably should cost? Um, because of a, a, a regular chassis is about seven hundred thousand dollars. An additional one is two hundred seventy five thousand. I don't know why it's so much less, but maybe it's just the. I don't know. Maybe they use. Uh, a, a, I'm trying to think why the second one would be. Uh, <laughs> would be less, but well, you can imagine too because they do take two cars per. They have four cars that go with them to the tracks, don't they? Yeah, or at I, least some version of a put together almost of two separate cars. Yeah, it, it's funny because um, this week they got it, uh, Williams got into trouble because after Logan wrecked and they had to like rebuild his car for the race, they had like a third car ready, but it was like two ready. It was two put together, and they got penalized. That's why Logan had to start from the pit lane. Oh, wow. It was like the dumbest penalty in the world. I don't understand why. There's so just they a potentially rule, rolled up with five cars or There's six a cars. rule against having like a third car prepped. It's like stuff needs to be in part bins, and then, <laughs> okay, if your chassis is good, then you know put it together. Anyways, it, it's kind of a weird rule, but um, yeah, these guys take, they take backup components um, and I think they have one backup chassis to share between the two cars. Oh, the monocoque, which is just the mm-hmm. where the driver's sitting, essentially, seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's that's insane because that's a, almost the most expensive part beside the engine. Now, when they wreck a car, the engine's not totally obliterated, although it can right. be. Yeah, it depends on how hard you hit. So the one who leads the way on most damage done also happens to be one of the guys who has zero points which is a definite no-no when you come to this thing when it gets to this sport logan Sargent number one on the list of how much he's actually damaged on cars almost four million dollars worth of damage for logan logan and it's what is that a multiple of his salary is that four times a salary eight times a a mil- i think he's a million didn't we look at him he's a million like a 750 or a million i think there's, yeah there's almost nobody who gets paid less than 750 or a million it's, but yeah no right matter on. what you don't want to wreck more than you get paid right like that is a bad uh signal he doubled it in one race the hungarian race where he basically totaled the car it was worth 1.5 million dollars of damage yeah it's crazy up until hungary he was doing okay and i remember thinking that like hey, he's actually kept it on the track it's not that bad but he's had a stretch in the last four races where he's just shot up to the top of the standings by a large margin and this last race in qualifying when he wrecked in q3 uh that was the moment and when i was like it's done he's he's not getting re-signed because it was so just driver induced like just a weird error to make It, it was in a corner that like nobody ever wrecks in right you know and it it just seemed like he was almost in his head. Yeah, and, and these costs matter. They go, hey, we're Williams. We're not Mercedes. Mm-hmm. The cost cap is real. Uh, we have to stay with it because wrecking the car. What does that land in the cost cap? I and mean, that that oh yeah, that's, that's inside of it. So if you're if you're totally. costing them, then then strategically, you're not just not helping the team out. You're actually sending them in a backward. I mean, just an absolute yeah. like, disadvantage. Yeah, it hurts Albon too because. Um, Parts that were going to be saved and used on Albon's car now get have to get put on his on Logan's oh, yeah. backup, you know, and so it slows development time down. You only have so many um, of like the new uh, and improved um, uh, developments that you know you bring to the racetrack. You only develop so many for the rest of this year, and so if Logan keeps wrecking stuff, then that's going to hurt the whole team. If so t- if another team 
crashes into another, do they actually call him? Do they send him a bill? No. They're, no. Like, they don't call their insurance? No. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine how much the insurance premium they would be on an F1 car? Look, I would imagine that if, if NASCAR were like this, instead of approaching each other in the pit lane and punching each other out, just approach each other in the pit lane yeah. and hand, hand them your- a check. No, just hand them like your USAA you know, number. Yeah, and call say, my hey, agent. Sorry about that. That was my fault. Put a note on the car. Sorry, I it, di- sorry, I ran you into the wall. <laughs> in NASCAR, I had heard stories of like gentlemen drivers who were like, "Hey, I did a boneheaded thing, and I'm going to send a check." Right, I, and they're friends with the other owner, and they know how much it's going to cost them. But that was kind of few and far between. That's almost, a, but that's almost a, uh, a a given too. That if you are that guy who comes in, he's just the the guy with the big pocketbook, and you're basically paying your way in to drive, and you've you've mm-hmm. earned your way in, sort of on skill, but a lot on on paying. It's like, yeah, but if you do break if you do break it, like. Let's fix it somehow, or at least make up for it for a yeah. sponsorship over here or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. So Logan Sargent, by far and away, like by 70%, uh, is the worst in terms of the money, almost $4 million. Lance Stroll second. Doesn't bode well for uh, for the kid. No. Sergio Perez is third, and and again, not that, not that Red Bull cares this year because they're going to walk away with a few hundred million mm-hmm. dollars on top of everything, but that's the kind of stuff that Helmut Marco and Christian Horner look at and go, that's reason number 97 that we're going to kick number 11 to the curb at some point. I mean, he gets all through what next year? Yeah, next year is his contract year. So he's third in destructing the car, and that's a reliable car. It's just bad driving or bad or just overdriving, yeah. like we've yeah. been talking about. Yeah, he he totaled it in Monaco when everyone got to see the floor. Then Hungary, he wrecked it again. Everyone got to see the floor again. And then in the last few weeks, he's just had like race incidents. Uh, Monza, he wrecked it in qualifying. Yeah, these are just unforced errors again. So, yeah, $2.5 million in damages for Sergio is not good when Max is last on the list at two hundred and twenty. Two hundred and twenty thousand dollars That's like barely a wing and another wing. Azerbaijan, $95K. I'm trying to remember what happened to him in, in what Azerbaijan. About like, what about what, like when just one of those end plates goes? It's, that's probably it. It's probably an end plate that got clipped somewhere, and he had to come and get <laughs> a new nose. Awful? Oh, my it's gosh. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. But you notice a, a trend here. The bottom of the the bottom of the the ones who've who've done the least amount of damage. I'll start from the these are the sixth. I'll go uh, eighth. Let's go up to the eight lowest. Tell me if you see something in common here. Nico Hulkenberg eight, Kevin Magnuson seven, George Russell six, Lando Norris five, Valtteri Bottas four, Lewis Hamilton three, Fernando Alonso two, and Max Verstappen one. Uh, I was gonna say experience. Yes, except for George and I mean Lando is kind of getting there too. Yeah, but but but, but, yeah. but also experience and probably the actual most skilled drivers on mm-hmm. the grid, right? Minus maybe uh because Sainz and Leclerc both are kind of middle of the pack. They've done quite a bit of damage, three million total for mm. Ferrari. But like that might also just point to the fact that they maybe aren't as good, right? But I mean, like we look at Max Verstappen as being the best mm-hmm. maybe ever at some point. Fernando Alonso, what do we call it? He's like wily, mm-hmm. experienced. Like he he doesn't make really any bad moves. Lewis is Lewis. Valtteri is also just a conditioned like he's a robot. You know, like he mm-hmm. just doesn't crash that often. So yeah, Lando and George would be kind of the ones that you would put in there. But those guys are on their teams because they're considered like top top talent for being maybe as young as they yeah. are. So yeah. I would have liked to have seen this chart last year when, and maybe it, it exists. Probably does. for uh, uh, Mick Schumacher because that was the big thing that Mick was wrecking the cars a bunch, and we were talking about how he was costing Haas in a big way. Um, and so, I wonder how much, yeah, especially as a, a function of his 
uh, salary. Mick was uh, an interesting rumor or interesting uh, piece of uh, news that I had heard is that um, apparently uh, Toto sent Mick Schumacher's simulation data to James Vowles, who's the um, team boss at Williams, Williams. and said, "You you need to replace Logan with Mick. And I guess James Val looks. James Val's looked at it and said, "No thanks." Interesting. And I th- I wonder if it's like was he just not quicker than uh than Logan or was he not quicker than whoever else James Val's is looking at? Uh, could it be uh, you know could they steal uh Liam Lawson for a year? Like I don't know who oh, he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. But they haven't extended Logan, and I will be surprised if they do. Um, it's a bummer because we obviously want an American on the grid, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that Mick Schumacher, if, if Mick can't get a seat at Williams, I don't think he gets a seat in anywhere. Cause and at the, some ju- point they just don't just like hand him out after a couple of years. It's almost like you better find your way in after being out maybe two or three seasons after that. After that, just you're just, we never think of you. Yeah. You're Latifi yeah. at that point. <laughs> you're Latifi <laughs> at that point. Hey, speaking of Latifi, it was Mick Schumacher who led. Okay. F one last year, almost four million dollars. He's he's a he. Logan Sargent's almost there right oh, now. Yeah, he's with, approaching that level with eight races left, dude. With nine, eight or nine races left, or six maybe. I, I, either way, Mick Schumacher was just under four million. But the problem was he did two and a half million on one race uh, in Saudi Arabia. He, he he. Oh, that's when he completely totaled the car. I think, totaled the car. Like to, it was it was just it was just the monocoque just like spinning in the. Oh, yeah, that's like when his car split in half. Totally, yeah, yes. Yeah. It, it, it looked bad. It looked bad. Uh, Latifi, in, it, Latifi's right there, too. He's $3.4 million last year. He did it in a span of two races, basically. <laughs> Saudi Arabia and Australia, both over million-dollar crashes that he had. And that, look, look, Williams is one thing. Haas can definitely not afford a $4 mm-hmm. million, dollar, uh, mm-hmm. you know, taking a hit. Luckily, Kevin Magnuson kind of made up for it with only $500,000. But last year, Botas and Verstappen and Magnuson were all the lowest. Hmm. So... You get your return on investment with Max because he just barely breaks anything on oh, that uh, yeah. on that car. But yeah, they they have the they have the totals up here. So the previous they have previous champions <laughs> of the most. Oh no. Okay. Albon in twenty nineteen did five and a half million dollars. Really? Even that was when he was at Red Bull and he yes. got canned. Yeah. Grosjean. Three point one. Yeah. How dare you though? <laughs> that, that fiery yeah. crash was was Ro- was basically two and a half million of that three Honestly, million. Honestly, like the the fiery crash in a way is like the best thing that ever happened to him because that's all that anybody remembers him for is like the man who walked out of the fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible, right? You go back and you watch it and you still can't believe he lived. Right. But before that, he was the dude that wrecked on the first corner of the first lap every race. Like right. that was his his uh, reputation. But now he's over an Indy car and he takes people off over an Indy car because he runs into people and drives rough. But so in twenty one, so in twenty one, it was him and who who was racing in twenty one for Haas. Uh, Roman, oh boy. and it was Kevin, right? No, was it the Russian kid for that one year? Oh yeah, it was. Um, yeah, yeah, Mazepin, Mazespin, <laughs> Mazespin. So that year was the most that they've had in the modern era at almost eight million dollars of damage for Haas that year. Oh man, yeah, having Roman and Mazespin as your two drivers, <laughs> good grief. The Russian DJ. We oh. <laughs> just love like Maz- Mazepin went and became a DJ. Yeah. Lance says he's going to go play tennis. Uh, DeVries going to get his MBA at Well, you're already at signing Harvard. off. You're already signing off. Uh, Stroll is being out. <laughs> well, that, that, that's what he said. Is like there was something about him wanting to go be on the PGA tour, or not PGA, but the the, the, a, the, the ATP. ATP. Oh my gosh! Uh, 
DeVry uh, Gotifi is uh, <laughs> oh, going, his, he's doing his MBA at like Oxford or something, or London Business School or something, I it's think. It's either that or he's going to, like, he's a Canadian guy. Maybe it's like McGillis, they're Harvard, right? Yeah. So I, I still think that Lance's future is team management and taking over for his dad. If you're Latifi, this was your your anti-hero story, your your time in <laughs> F1, right? Yeah. Your, your villain story? Because then he goes off and gets it, because his dad's already a kajillionaire. He leverages that. He becomes the bad guy billionaire yeah. who comes in, swoops in, just that buys these people up. And yeah. goes, I own three F1 teams, and I will and I will kick out everybody yeah. who had anything to do with me I, ever being out of the sport. I really hope Latifi becomes like our next generation's Lawrence Stroll, just like <laughs> he's back for vengeance. With even more, <laughs> even more ego, even more just like vitriol of like having to get back at the guys who all he's just gonna pick off people. It's like uh, the guy on uh, on 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 Happy Gil. No, it's not Happy Gilmore. It's uh, Billy Madison. Oh yeah, who has the list of people he's gonna put some makeup on. Crosses off Billy Madison for being a nice guy to him. There you go. Uh, okay. We do have a couple weeks until uh, another race here. I don't know anything about the the Qatari race just because it's a place they've only been to one time, and you know we're not really familiar with it. I would just assume it's going to be a high deg <laughs> and high speed course because it's yeah. going to be relatively hot. Yep. And they're going to have to figure this thing out. By the way, a set of tires, Pirelli tires. What do you think they would be? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Those things are massive, by the way. When you get up next to them, I'm going to guess like eighty grand a set. How about 2800 a set? Whoa. Like, we should Whoa. go in on some. In fact, I was on eBay. You can find- That's like, that's not much more than like- no, I know. Like, P0s nope. for your- For just you like know, your, your regular old yeah. car. Well, regular old car with a P0 would be kind of funny, but- Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I did tires on my Suburban like last month for 1200 bucks. Man, I was way off. I was an order magnitude I just off. Assume, that's crazy. I just assume that, they, that Pirelli's going to be like, yes, it is $80,000. I know. I'm sure us. they could charge what they want. Maybe that's- It wasn't- I looked, it said a set- so uh, I was thinking yeah. maybe it was going to be per tire. I could see maybe three grand a tire. Yeah. You huh. can go on, by the way, you can go on eBay and get like a used, used ones. Oh my gosh. Well, that they make it at tables. There's like a, <laughs> oh, okay. they put a little lucite top on it. That's kind of a fun uh, conversation mm-hmm. started for the basement right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make, uh, give your house a distinct smell. I'm sure. I, but here's the problem is that I would get just a one-off tire. I'd buy it. My kids would roll it down the, it'd go it, down the stairs. Turn it into a tire swing or <laughs> it something. Would, it would yeah. go down the stairs in two seconds, put a big old, Hole in the drywall at the bottom. There you go. That's awesome. Uh, As we get ready for the rest of the season here, uh, looking to see, I think that I did read Max does wrap up the title this weekend. Mm -hmm. If he, or this next weekend, because this is going to be, uh, uh, Cotter's going to be a a sprint race. Sprint race. If he gets sixth or better in the sprint race. He's the world champion. Oh, okay. He can wrap. How he weird wrap would it? it that's going to be weird to wrap up Don't a championship after a sprint. No, man. Yeah. You need to sit out. Yeah. And the sprint's great because now it doesn't actually, that's not the qualifying. Right. Yeah. So he so doesn't, don't, he doesn't need to risk don't it. Don't do it. Hang out and uh, go thumbs up in the crowd and uh, pull yourself into the garage for the, uh, for the sprint. Although I'm saying that he would never do it because he's he an insane competitor. Yeah. And he would just, he'd still try to win first place. But I want it to be one in a real race. I don't want it to be in a sprint race. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Sixth That'll place be kind of weird. Better. Sixth place or better. He would be. Yeah. Yeah, the world title winner. All right. Uh, that's another one in the books for us. So, Dan Jimenez, Alex Keery, we uh, appreciate you joining. If you don't uh, know, if you know some people who you definitely want to tell about the podcast, we would love for you to do so. Uh, we put this thing together as a labor of love, and we hope that you love racing as much as we do. So, Dan, thanks for coming up, man. We appreciate you coming to the studio. My pleasure. 
We'll be back again at it uh, next week as we get you ready for, or the week after, I guess, if we talk about when the racing is actually going to happen. Stay with us. Stay tuned. Download the podcast and tell a friend and teach a neighbor that F1 is really a fun sport to watch. And you don't have to give up any football watching time, by the way. No. Almost ever. You just have to set your alarm really early or go to bed really late if you want to watch it live. Look, as soon as those <laughs> Pac-12 After Dark games finished, I was like, and now we've hey, got, no, we've got the Japanese GP, baby. <laughs> All right. For Dan and Alex, we'll see you next time, everybody.